This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the Heart, Soul, and Guts podcast. You've got the vision. You've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister, you're in the right place. Amy Biondini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy. Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So give me a Cliff Notes version of the Amanda Johnson's mission and vision for the world. What are the highlights of your journey so far? Yeah, for me, I would say I've been summing it up lately around how I'm on a mission to help people be good with being them, right? And that's because my my vision and mission have been to help people realize, which of course started with myself, to realize that there's nothing to fix mm-hmm. and that we are already good, whole, complete as we are. And it's learning to really love that first and foremost before we can go out and do or create or have anything else. And part of that also for me is it start it starts with this idea that so what I've been seeing is this idea of people wanting to go out and acquire more or get a new job or when I make a million dollars, I'll be happy or when I get the ideal relationship, I'll be happy or, or whatever that scenario might be. And for me, I thought, well, gosh, what if like, what if we're already okay? And what if we flip that around? And what if we say, actually what I have, I'm really grateful for, I really appreciate, I really honor and coming from that place, then we will start to have the life that we want and we will start to experience it and it will happen effortlessly and it will happen organically. So my, my mission is to kind of spread this message that we are good in and of ourselves and let's love that, appreciate it, honor it. And then we will see what comes from that, right? We'll start to have the life we want. Powerful message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounds like one that you, uh, you learned the hard way. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> as, so, as many wise people say, you know, we are here to teach what we have learned. It has definitely been a case for me. So when did you know that that was your mission? That was your message? Yeah. Actually, a couple of years ago, I, I remember the story that stands out in my mind. I was actually on a subway in New York City. I was visiting some friends. I was on the subway and I was just thinking about, you know, my creating a business and some of these things I've been learning. And what started to dawn on me again was this idea of what messages I was tending to see. I was tending to see a lot of messages out there around, you know, how to make your six figure business or how to have the love of your life or how to, you know, all these things and, and helping people to acquire those, those things. And there was something inside of me in those moments. And just it's because of the work I've had to do. And it's because of my path. But in that moment, I had this idea of like, well, why do I need that? <laughs> like, why do I have to have that? Why can't I just be okay? Because my lesson and what I've been learning for myself is how can I just be okay? How can I be okay with me and with what I have? And so whenever I see those messages, 
I reacted in a way of like, well, why do I have to have that? And so there was a sense of, oh, wait, maybe that's my message. And I was standing on the on, on the subway, like going to you know, Brooklyn or something. And all of a sudden this idea came to me like, oh, wait, what if people could just be good with what they have now? Like, that's what I want to encourage. And, you know, that's what I want to share. So that was a kind of, to me, that was the birth of being good with being you. It was also the birth of this idea of loving what we have before we can have what we want. And it was, yeah, that's where it all started. Mm, okay. I love it. I love yeah. that you've got such a specific memory as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, right, which is rare for me. <laughs> but that one does stand out. That one mind. stands out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what was else was going on for you at that time? Kind of where were you? Because I know you kind of you have experience in corporate and you kind of have a performance background. So what else was going on in your life at that point? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I had spent just kind of giving you the back backstory and mm-hmm. I spent five years as a professional actor in the Bay Area. And I'd spent then about another almost five years in corporate America. So I'd had this, you know, nearly 10 years of experience and again, night and day in some ways, right? In terms of what I was doing. And as I reflect on that, of course, seeing how it all led to exactly where I'm supposed to be and who I am and my message and now my, my current work in the world. But then at, the, at that time I had, I had just, you know, I was just on the, I don't know if I had just quit or I was about to quit my corporate job, but I was kind of right in that turning point in my life. You know, I had I had tried the acting and something didn't fully land or, you know, again, in hindsight, it's like, well, I just, there were things, it wasn't okay. It wasn't enough, right? I probably didn't mm-hmm. accept it fully. So I wasn't ever fully happy in it. And I was always looking for the next thing. I mean, how could I either make it to Hollywood or how could I make it to Broadway or blah, 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 whatever. And uh, there was a decision point, you know, probably five years prior to this, the point that I'm speaking about now where I said, okay, that's not for me. So what's next? And, and then I tried the corporate thing and, and that again, it was like, I was good at it. I, you know, it felt, it felt fine. And there again, still something wasn't right, you know, and looking back on it, it wasn't the job. It wasn't what I was doing, but I really just, I wasn't okay with where I was. And so I was at this, the crossroads of quitting and just stepping out into the unknown. And at this point in my life now, probably for at least a year, I'd also been doing a lot, a lot of inner work. I, I mean, I've always, I've always read books and I've always, you know, kind of been, I've, I've always been a seeker, you know, and I call myself a soulful inquirer. I, that, that has come to me more recently, but it's been that idea. I've always been looking and seeking and it started in my life as a place of like, how can I fix myself? Cause something's wrong and something's broken. So it kind of, that was my intention to begin with. But now at this point in my life, maybe about a, a year or more like two years ago now, it was more like, okay, something still isn't right, quote unquote. And I was, I found my way. I was introduced to Eckhart Tolle. And in, the other thing I'm learning now is, of course, we are introduced to the teachers at the time we need them. And at the time we're ready for them, which is really Absolutely. exciting. <laughs> so I was finally ready. I mean, people had told me for years to be in the moment and not worry about the future or whatever. And I just didn't get it. And I was finally at the point in my life where I could get it and I was ready for it. So I was introduced to this idea of presence and being mindful and living in the moment. And as I learned to for me to live in the moment, well, then there was no, in the moment, everything is whole and complete. So from this place of being in the moment, there is no need for more, right? There is nothing outside of this moment that I would need to have in order to be okay right now. Like I'm okay 
right now. <laughs> and as soon as I started, like it, for me, that's how I had to start. And I don't say this is, is the case for everyone, but I had to know I'm okay in this moment. And as I learned that, I could kind of broaden that circle and I could broaden it and go, okay, I'm okay in this moment. Oh, that, that, there's then some sense that I'm, I'm going to be okay, right? I can, I have some more trust that I'm going to be okay. And by knowing that, I don't have to worry so much. I don't have to fret. So as I quit my job, right, I'm stepping out into the unknown, I was carrying with me this, this sense of, I'll be okay. I am okay. Therefore, I'll be okay. And so that was kind of the start of this work and of my journey as I started to create ideas for a business. And so as I stepped out into the unknown, I I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I had these, these tools of mindfulness that I had been learning and I was getting to be more comfortable with being in the moment and not worrying what was coming next. And as that happened, I started daydreaming and brainstorming and what, what could be. And then over the course of the next year or so, it was, you know, having some of those awarenesses of like, Oh, right. That's, that's the message that really resonates with me. That's what I'm learning right now in my own life that I could help share and bring to others. And so then the, the story continues to unfold to where we are today. I love that. I love that you've lived it so fully and you know, you're so aware that that's the message you have to share. I think that's so much more powerful than we've lived it ourselves. We've really experienced it and we understand it. We've seen it kind of up close and personal as it was. Yes. Yes. And I love Very close. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> I love also this idea of when you're talking about being corporate, you know, it was fine, but something just fell off. And I love kind of what you were saying about exploring, kind of being okay in the moment and having more trust. And that really giving you the confidence really to kind of make the leap mm-hmm. and trust that it would it would unfold the way it was meant to. Mm-hmm. That's a brave, courageous step, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is. And thank you for thank you for honoring that because I think it can be all too easy for myself and maybe for a lot of us to just kind of brush past that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I quit my job and I, you know, took a leap of faith, <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what, what? a couple of things come up for me around that. And one is, yes, I mean, that all is so true. And I actually was working with a coach at the time. So I, I really, it's interesting how that was the first time in my life to work with a coach and it was it's it's it just something to be aware of i think for myself but also for others that having the having support during a time like that can be so crucial and so that that's Absolutely. that was of course really important to me sometimes i again discount that even just because like oh yeah that was that thing but no that definitely played a part and yes then all the work that i had been doing and that i was continuing to do to more deeply sit in my truth and trust that this is going to be okay. And it wasn't easy. Like at the time, it wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah. There were like daily, I mean, daily, it was like, what in the, what am I doing? You know, am I, <laughs> am I completely crazy? Is this going to, you know, what, who knows, right? So it was a daily practice of just coming back to the moment, coming back to the moment and staying out of that mind chatter that was trying to express all of the fear and worry and doubt mm-hmm. because it's there and it's going to be there. And that was probably one of the greatest things my coach said to me at the time. She's like, it's okay to be afraid and it's okay to feel the doubt and that's okay. Right. So my first thing, my first takeaway from it was it's okay to be in all of that. 
and it's okay if it doesn't feel easy and like sure I'll know exactly when to like take the leap because it'll feel easy and it'll feel like spacious whatever like that may not be the case the case may be that it feels scary and that's okay and being okay with that the second piece around my experience and and kind of what lands with me even to this day is as my message is again being okay with where you are it may not be that you have to like throw your job out the window possibly right <laughs> uh, and i think and i think for me part of that is it's maybe it's the intention from where it's what it's where it comes from so if the intention is when i quit my job then i'll be happy that to me can be a really bit of a, a dangerous loop to get into and it can be i don't know i think it can kind of mislead us and misdirect us so for me it was I actually, before I quit my job, I, I, I had I was dreading my job for months before I quit. I mean, like it was a new. I just started this new corporate job, or this new business job, and I and it was like within three months I was like I have to get out of this, <laughs> and I just knew it. I was miserable, and and it was there was a sense of okay, I could just quit my job so that I could be happy. But what was interesting for me is that in that I recognized that that wasn't going to solve anything. Right? It was something deeper. I mean, yes, the job in and of itself was not allowing me to be maybe it wasn't allowing me to serve in the best way I could and there were there were things about it right that weren't great but I actually came to peace with the idea of staying in the job and I said you know what I'm not going to focus on what I'm trying to leave I'm rather going to focus on like where I am and and what's coming and I kind of shifted my perspective and it was no longer how can I leave this job so I can be happy and as soon as I shifted that perspective the opportunity to quit actually came up it presented itself and so i took it i took that opportunity to quit but my whole what i'm what i recognize and as i look back on it now and even as i share my message and talk to others what i would encourage people to do is don't quit your job so you can be happy find a way to be okay with present find a way to accept where you're at and what is happening and from that place of like acceptance and gratitude then make a change if that's what you want to do right so that's that's something that also has come up for me through this experience yeah I, I can so relate both in terms of how I coach myself as I was contemplating leaving corporate but also the once I was actually surrendered to being in corporate and just doing my best and being okay with whatever happened the way out actually presented itself yes which is exactly what you've just said but it, it was getting to that point of I'm going to be okay whatever happens yes and then what is meant to happen unfolds. And then it's not a fight, you know, and then there's not like this. Yeah, it becomes easy. It, yeah. it does become. And again, there, it doesn't mean there won't be fear or whatever. But like the, the way I love how you said it, the way presented itself. Definitely, so definitely. And I love also that you kind of you, you let everyone know that it it doesn't mean there's going to be no fear. Mm -hmm. Because I think we've all been sold this idea of if it's right and we're living our passion we're on purpose that it's going to be so so easy and just everything will fall into our laps and you know if it doesn't feel super easy then something's wrong well actually we're still having a human experience so it's not going to be you know all roses all the time and that's okay right yeah, I mean, we're pushing the edges of our comfort zone Absolutely. which that is going to in, immediately well and Something that I think we know this and we've talked about this before is like the idea of fear and excitement are two, you know, sides of the same coin. And so even when we think, oh my God, I'm really scared or I'm feeling really fearful because I don't know what's going to happen or I, you know, I'm building this thing that who knows what's going to happen. The flip side of that literally is excitement. And so, yeah, we may call it fear, 
But when we get really quiet and as we can clear away and be okay in the moment, we start to notice, oh, I'm really excited, <laughs> you yeah. know, as well. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's part of the human experience and it's part of pushing out the edges of our com- comfort zone, right? So that's Absolutely. part of it. Absolutely. Now, speaking of it being not all a bed of roses, did you meet any resistance along the way from your, the love of your life, mm-hmm. the loved ones in your life? Ah, oh, that's a great question. I wouldn't say I, I didn't actually face any resistance in terms of, you know, people thinking that's silly. I'd say the closest I got to that was when I first was making the decision to quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even call it resistance, but I would say people's own own fear got the better of them and they wanted to be helpful. And by being helpful, they would say, so what job are you going to get next? <laughs> right. Or yeah. so what, how are you, you know, have you seen, you know, these types of job postings, but that was like from one person and it didn't happen very often. So I surprisingly had incredible, I shouldn't say surprisingly, this is what happens. I think when you're just living your life and you're true to who you are and what you want, everything conspires to support you. And so my family supported me, my loved ones, my boyfriend, my partner, everyone supported me. And some of that was, you know, like by letting me stay at their house when I needed to, or, or just by encouraging me words. I would say what the only thing that's interesting, and I, I only note this because I think it's actually important for my journey and for the lesson I'm learning is while I've been supported, you know, people have encouraged me, cheered me on. It's not like they're, you know, sharing every Facebook post I put out or like constantly telling all of their friends about me and saying, oh, my God, Amanda and what she's up to, you've got to check her out and whatever. You know, so there's in this in an interesting way, I've started to in the last few months think about this a little more and feel into this because I think there's a lesson in it for me, which is I have brought these people into my life and I have a family who, while they love me and support what I'm doing, aren't just out there vocally promoting me, right? And saying, check her out. And I think that's interesting. And I think it's because I am here to learn to do that on my own. And it's not that I have to do it. It's not that we're here to do everything on our own. And I'm not trying to suggest that. I actually have an incredible sisterhood and support system in place for what I'm doing. I think for me, it was important to realize that it doesn't all have to come from the same place and that it's okay for me to like step away from my family, which I have always felt very connected to and in some ways dependent on, or maybe like I need to please them or whatever, but I'm now able to say, I can do this and I can do it with or without you sharing everything that I post (laughs) right Mm -hmm. to the world. So it's just an interesting, and again, that's not resistance. It could have become my own resistance, right? I could have interpreted that as, oh, well, gosh, they must not love me enough, (laughs) right? Or, oh, they must not really care about what I'm doing because it's not, you know, being shared every week or they aren't signing up for everything or whatever. Like I could have gotten into that story and then it could have been a block for me. But I actually instead took it as another opportunity to learn something about myself and to be okay with the fact that, okay, my this is just how my family and my partner demonstrate support, mm-hmm. right? So that's been my journey with that. Were you surprised? Of how they showed up in support, or is that what your question is? Well, in part, that how they showed up in support, but also that the idea that you could get support from different places. Mm. I yeah, that's a. I think I 
a little bit because that hasn't been, again, that hasn't been my natural journey. That was also a real, for me, another stepping out and going, oh, it exists other in other places, mm. right? And that it was a lot of work I've done with myself, especially when it comes to like intimate relationships and kind of expecting that one person to be everything and all things mm. for me. But I think that was probably just a carryover from my family unit, I imagine, right? I probably imagine that, that the family unit was the first space for that. And then it got translated or projected onto my, you know, intimate relationships. So yes, it's been, and it still is a learning for me to go, oh, right. I have this other, this other support system that I can rely on. That's beautiful. And we can kind of recognize that there is a whole world out of it, a whole world of support out there. Yeah. And it, it exists even when we don't know it exists. Absolutely. It's just, they're, yep. they're waiting for us. Ready, waiting for us to just tap in, plug into it. Absolutely, know? absolutely. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, obviously I know you, and I know how you feel about being location independent and travelling around with your family and making time for kind of friends and family and visiting different places. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how you balance that with kind of being in business and sharing a mission and living a life that you choose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's been it's been great and it's funny it's funny because as I in some ways I suppose I've always lived a little nomadically I mean I've always had this idea of being on the go even when I was in corporate I was a consultant who traveled to different places all the time <laughs> so I have I, I, yeah like living out of a suitcase feels really a it just feels really natural to me I preface my answer because I don't think it's for everyone, and I don't think it has to be for everyone. It just has worked really well for me, and the, it's funny because every time it happens, I think it's something new. I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm being new. I'm living nomadically. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look back over the last 10 years of my life, and I go, oh, wait, actually, this is just, I have created this. I continuously create this in my life. So I guess how do I can now do, now that I have I'm creating my own business and I'm getting my own mission and message for the world. Uh, in some ways, it does feel easier because I don't have a certain time I need to be someplace or a person who's expecting me at a certain location. Mm-hmm. And so in, I've gotten a, to, as a better sense of freedom with it. And and what I what I do is I, I mean, it's gone through many iterations. You know, it, it, when I first started, it was very okay. Let me like sit down and block out all the different things in my calendar that I need to get done for my business and to create my message and to work on my blogging or whatever. And I would just and I would kind of keep it like a work day. It would be you know starting at nine a.m. or whenever and finishing by five. And it would all be out of my apartment or wherever I was. But now it's it's become more fluid, become a little bit more flexible. Maybe I'll like over the holidays or because I just traveled out of the country for a few weeks and I wasn't online. Well, now maybe I'll work over the weekend a bit and I'll. But I don't. I don't know. There's a sense of I have my you know two or three things that like have to get done each week in terms of like big you know projects or objectives that I'm working towards, and and I I create the time for it and I. It is important for me, and it was interesting even now that I'm spending time with my family because of the holidays, I, I do want to honor my time with my family. And so, you know, the other day, I, I it was yesterday, it was like we did like a movie day, and I said, okay, I'm just, this is what I'm choosing to do in this moment. And a lot of it also is based in, again, the work that I've done and that I am hoping and trying to share with others is 
I, I get to make the choice in every moment how I spend my time. And then I don't need to feel guilty or regret it, but it's just that's how I choose my time. So if in this moment I'm choosing to spend, you know, two hours playing a game with my family, that's because that's what I want to do. And then I can still go and work on my blog or work on my videos or work on my, you know, upcoming project. So I don't know if that's answering your question, but there is just this idea of I've gotten to a point of knowing what my priorities and my values are and doing my best, you know, at the time to be fully conscious of this is a choice I'm making and being good with that choice and then moving on to the next moment and making that choice. Right. And so now now I have to make the choice. Do I, you know, go out and, you know, have dinner with them or do I stay home and write my I don't know what, write my article. And then I may have to choose, I may choose my article right in that moment. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of this constant assessment of what my priorities are in each moment. Well, it sounds like you're, I don't want to say your life and your business, but I don't have that split, but it sounds a lot more holistic, a lot more integrated in terms of you just finding your rhythm and your flow rather than recreating a corporate environment outside of corporate where it's nine to five and you're very rigid around what you do and when you do it, you've much more kind of found your flow and kind of your rhythm of your whole life mm-hmm. and making space for everything in, in, in its right time. Beautifully said. And so much more synced. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, love your, I love your answers, don't worry. <laughs> so I have a question for you around this idea of you being a soulful inquirer, which I'm, in, I'm intrigued by that, that whole idea of being a soulful inquirer. And I would consider myself a bit of a seeker as well. But I'm interested to, f- to see what your take is then on the idea of being a business and having to deal with marketing and kind of sales and how that really kind of, how that feels to kind of the soulful side of who you are. Mm, yeah. Well, I think what's interesting for me, and this is definitely an area I'm still learning and growing and, and probably some of my biggest lessons are yet to come in this area, marketing and selling. But as I've started playing with it and playing in this area and what feels true for me and what feels aligned for me it's and it's gone again I've I've played I have experimented which by the way was one of the first things this whole experience has taught me that it's okay to experiment and it's okay to play Mm -hmm. and as I've done that I started to go okay well what feels soulful for me is first of all what lights me up Right. So like if early on in this in this journey for me earlier this year, I should say, as I've really, you know, I've joined the mastermind and I've I'm working with my mentor to expand my business, to build my business. You know, one of the first things was taking what I was learning from her and hearing, okay, this is what worked for her, you know, to grow her business to six figures and like incredibly, you know, have this huge, beautiful practice and this beautiful business. And it was taking what I was learning from her and it was digesting it and then feeling into what then really lights me up. And there was some, you know, other healers and coaches and people I worked with along the way that helped me get clearer on that. But as I started to get clear on it, it was like, okay, does this per like this marketing tactic or technique, does it light me up? Do I feel like excited about it? Right. Do I feel expansive when I think of doing it or do I feel really like, do I have to like that feels really gross or heavy or like, you know, whatever. And it was as I started to learn that for myself and learn how to navigate that, I started doing marketing that felt totally just natural, organic and fun. And, and for me, that's really just been 
sharing my content, right? So I've been, for me, I think I would say, looking at it now, a lot of my marketing, quote unquote, is sharing my blogs or my videos or, you know, other articles that I have found to be really helpful and inspiring. And so kind of resharing is a way of putting myself out as a thought leader. And so that's how I have found marketing to align with my soul. And so, so what lights me up? What am I excited about? And then doing that, right? Doing more of that. Um, and that doesn't mean again, that it's not always going to just feel super like, easy, comfortable, because if I am pushing my comfort zone a little bit, it is going to be, you know, there's going to be a little like uncertainty around it and just noticing a difference between that and being totally out of alignment. Right. And there is a difference. I can feel the difference when I, am I pushing myself to my comfort zone or I'm actually pushing myself outside of alignment with myself. So as I got clearer on that, it got easier. And I think for me also the inquirer part of it is asking the questions and, and being the detective. I think it's being willing for me to go, okay, well, what else can I try? And being willing to experiment. Right. So being asking the questions like, well, did this work or how does that feel? And what would it be like if I did this instead? And, and then experimenting with things until it, until it lands and it feels aligned. So lots of kind of playing and kind of seeing what works and really how it feels and how it sits in your system. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that a difference in kind of results in terms of people you're attracting? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, I will just using because I feel like I kind of I shifted in some ways quickly. Well, but when I first started earlier this year, I started, you know, trying on some of these techniques from my mentor. And Mm -hmm. right away, it was like, you know, prospecting by, you know, talking to, you know, people networking and sending out emails and doing this and that. And I, you know, it's always hard to tell like why the results were when they, what they were at the time, because I've grown, I've changed. So who knows? But at the time I did notice that the people I would call in to, you know, have a complimentary session or whatever were at a certain place in their journey. And I'm not Mm -hmm. judging it. I'm not saying it's good, bad, right or wrong, but it's just, I could see that there was, it it didn't feel like I was a, uh, the match for them, right? Like it was, they were looking for this one thing and then I was kind of trying to come in and offer this something else, right? And it felt really misaligned. They were wanting maybe more, oh, I don't know. Like they, they again, they were looking for, in a lot of times, like they were looking for like, how do I find the, the right relationship? Or, you know, I've, I'm really like unhappy with my job right now. How do I, you know, what do I do about it kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I noticed for whatever reason, I was like, wow, this just doesn't feel like what I'm here to share and what I'm here to offer. So right away, I started to notice that. Then when I made the shift and I said, you know what, first of all, I, while one-on-one coaching is like, that's, that feels like it could be part of what I offer. It's not what lights me up the most. And so when I'm marketing, I'm not going to market that. Like I'm not out there to sell myself as a one, like a one-on-one coach. Let me instead put all of this energy and excitement into like programs and creating some larger pieces of work that I can share with more people. And as I started to do that, I, and I launched my very first, you know, try of beta version of my virtual program, I was drawn, the people coming to me 
were, in my opinion, they were like, oh my gosh, you are my ideal client. You get it. Like you speak the same language you. And when I would like, when I would either read what they had to say, if they sent me some, you know, answers in advance of like a session or in advance of our program, or just in like our Facebook groups and talking with them one-on-one saying the same things that I said, you know, six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, whatever, Mm -hmm. but it felt like a perfect match. So I guess that it, that is interesting. And I haven't really thought about it that way, but I did see that shift and I'm still seeing that shift as I continue to get clearer on what it is that I'm here to do and how I bring that to the world. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like as you get clearer, the people who need you are clearer that they need you. Mm-hmm. They need to hear, they need to hear the message that you're here to share. Mm-hmm. And it sounds interesting because it sounds like the more clarity that you've got, the easier it's, to, it's become for your people to actually find you. Yeah, exactly. Which is powerful. Yeah. So it starts with you being your truth and being in alignment with who you are. And that almost sounds like it makes you a bit of a magnet. Exactly. That's what we're going for. That's what that's, that is. That's what we're going for. But it's very different from this idea of kind of going out there and pushing and finding and trying to grab people. And it may, you know, and because I don't know, I don't have enough of the experiences yet in terms of like the, like, longevity of it to say how this is how it will end up at least mm-hmm. but what it feels like is it could take more time that way possibly and I think part of that is just being okay with that right knowing that maybe I could have right out of the gate pushed and prodded and you know gotten x number of clients or something right away mm-hmm. whether or not they would have been in alignment with me though i think is is questionable and actually is from what i was perceiving just based on who i was drawing in to be interested in what i had it, they weren't right so i think yeah i'm i do believe i'm becoming a magnet which feels so awesome <laughs> <laughs> and it may mean that it goes and again to say it's slower that somehow than judging it against other things but I think it's just having an understanding and an appreciation and an honoring of the time that it does take right and knowing that it may not then happen overnight and personally I'm okay with that well, I think there is something in there because you know yes you can probably build a, a business very very quickly but actually if it's not in alignment with who you are and you're calling in the wrong people then how long is that business actually going to last mm-hmm. because at some point it's going to have to shift. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, I guess you could build it quickly in the beginning, but if it's going to shift at some point anyway, when you look at the bigger picture, is it actually quicker? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm, possibly not. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, shift a little bit to talk about this idea of presence and mindfulness. Mm. So we live in a very busy, very noisy world, as uh, we know, as entrepreneurs and everybody really, not just entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is around mindfulness is that how can it really help and support entrepreneurs in our businesses and in our lives? Because I think that mindfulness sometimes can feel a bit, a little bit zen-like, a little bit somebody sitting on a meditation mat and it's being in yoga and it's very all about stillness and kind of, it can seem very foreign. Mm-hmm. Particularly kind of we're busy and we're hosting, we're trying to kind of pay our bills and kind of maybe trying to get out of corporate and run our businesses. But how can it really help and support us? Yeah. Well, 
I will speak from, of course, my my experience, my knowledge of it, and then I invite. There are so many incredible, like mindfulness experts and scientists out there as well, right? Who really actually get it. Like they get the neurology of it. They get the if you really like the data. I would say from my experience, and then from what I've learned of from those thought leaders and those teachers is, you know, it it is about allowing us to create some stillness. But I would what I would say is I will you know debunk that it's sitting on a meditation cushion and not doing anything, right? Because I I agree there can be this misconception. And I even had it myself. And I often will address this with any program I teach because it's this idea of, well, if I am just mindful and present and I accept what is and I'm, you know, good with it all, then, you know, how am I ever going to do anything in the world? How am I ever going to take action? Why would I, you know, and there's this like, I think there's a bit of a fear of like, oh my gosh, then I won't do, I won't create, I won't Mm -hmm. make, right? Which we believe is the end all be all. And the thing is, I just right away I'm lear- I learned that that's not true like just because I am being in the present moment and I am accepting it for what it is doesn't mean I'm not going to take action I've actually found that I take more intentional action I take clearer action from a place of stillness from this place of mindfulness and presence so when I'm in so in terms of how then really to me it would help or support someone in business entrepreneur and again of course what we are talking about is it's helping their whole life but if we want to kind of slice it out or we want to look specifically at that area of our life as it is important for so many of us you know i think what it can do is when we are in business when we're either creating a business or supporting a business we are constantly being asked to like make decisions or you know know what to do next and so the clearer the quieter first i can be from my mind chatter, the more I can get out of fear and out of judgment and, you know, out of kind of like resisting the moment for what it is presenting itself as and just say, okay, this is what's happening. Here are the facts, right? I don't need to judge those facts as good, bad, right, or wrong. This just here it is. I can, I don't need to emotionally react to it because I can sense a stillness within me. I can sense that I'm okay no matter what happens. Then I can make a decision. I can take action from this place and it can be really clear and intentional. So I think as a business owner or as a, you know, business person, that's incredible. We think about the number of like meetings we spend in a day, like trying to like agree on something or talk about something. And often it's because we're a, we're unclear about what we want or what we don't want, or we're so distracted by so many things that if we can get to a point where I I don't have eight windows open on my laptop at once and I'm trying to do all of them at the same time, right? Yeah. It's also to me the time saver. So not only am am I going to, when I make a decision or when I take action, do it from a clear, intentional place, but I'm also going to save time. And that is huge. So I used to think I was a fast worker. Like in corporate America, I could like, you know, knock things out in four hours that I thought it took other people six or eight. Whether or not that's true, who knows? But my point is, I always felt I was very, I was a really efficient worker and I was, I was all about efficiency. And I think a lot of us are in business. Like how fast can I get that done? I'm the same way now, except actually I find that it takes, I think even it takes me less time to get things done. And now that I own my own business, I am shocked. I'm like, 
because I don't have to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> like there's no one now overseeing my work and like making sure I show up the eight hours a day. I can actually get more done in two to four hours. And then the rest of the, my time is mine. And it's because I can, I have like honed this ability to focus on what I'm doing in the moment, right? To be I'm not constantly being distracted by worries about the future or, you know, thinking about, oh, my God, what happened yesterday? Mm -hmm. No, just in this moment. And in this moment, this is the task at hand and I'm going to do it. So I think those are probably two main reasons why mindfulness is is really important to us in in life. But specifically, as we are creating a business or, or running or working in a business. Definitely, definitely agree. How can we do that in practice? Like, if you get a practical tip, what we can, how can we can apply that today? Yeah, I think, so I think one of the first things I do believe in, it's giving your 100% attention to the task at hand. And in some ways, like, oh, okay, that sounds like either too simple or like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, okay, that's <laughs> obvious. But, but I think it's actually, we, I think it's slightly harder to do than we think. And yet it can be very simple. So to me, it's the idea of, when I am composing a blog post, all right, for example, mm -hmm. I have my Evernote open, I have my notifications turned off, I put my cell phone aside, I shut, you know, close down the Facebook tab, you know, and I'm just, I'm in it. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do right now. This is what I'm focused on. The same with I'm responding to an email. So I think that it is. And then in the very next moment, if I choose to go, you know, I don't know, get a cup of coffee or something, then I'm 100% getting a cup of coffee. Like, I'm just always in that moment. And I think that's because I can, what, because I'm practicing that. And if I invite you to practice that, the, you know, when you're composing your email, see if that's the one and only thing you're doing. All right. And then, and then when you go to take your coffee break with your, you know, coworker or with your client or whomever you're taking a break with, just be with them for that time. Don't be checking your email and also trying to like, you know, whatever, think about the meeting you're about to go to. So I would say that would be the, one of the first things to, to try and to practice. So debunking the myth of multitasking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's try not to multitask. Okay. But actively <laughs> not multitask. Okay. <laughs> How few things can you do at one time? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's such a breath of fresh air as well. It's so much easier. So you just focus on the, the one thing in front of you. Not a new concept, but funny because I think it took me a long time to hear it and then to actually try it and then go, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I get it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it almost sounds too easy, like it's too simple. But I think it's the whole idea that sometimes the the simpler it is, the more powerful it is. I love it. Okay. So we're all going to try and actively not multitask. <laughs> exactly. Just for the day. Give yourself a day, you know, or even an hour. Okay. <laughs> we can do that. We're going to not multitask for the next hour. Okay. Yeah. I love it. So the other tip I would offer is that I think we can all try immediately is helping us to get into being present. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to be hundred percent present when I do this one activity. And some of us may find that easy. And some of us may actually be really like, wow, how do I do that? And so another thing you can do is, and what I find really helpful is to use my senses my five senses to bring me into the moment. So if I am, you know, you know, doing something in the moment, I'm creating an email or having a conversation or writing my article or whatever, 
planning for my next meeting and I find that my mind is wandering or I'm really just not able to be there 100%, then a great practice is just to meet in that moment, like look up and ground yourself in the moment. So what do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? What do I smell? You know, maybe I taste something, but just use my five senses to bring myself into this moment. And that can, if those thoughts are starting to wander or, you know, the, any of the mind chatter is starting to come up, that's distracting you from whatever it is you're doing. That's a quick way to start practicing, just getting yourself in the moment and then you can continue your activity. I love that because it's it's such a good way of physically coming back into the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if your mind's gone travelling wherever it's gone travelling, you're actually kind of by recognising your senses and kind of saying, what can I see in front of me? You kind of you're bringing your whole physical self back to that moment. I love that. And that's so simple, but I can see it being so powerful. Mm-hmm. And just about noticing where you are yeah. in that moment. Thank you. Amazingly powerful. Welcome. I can't wait to see uh, what people, how people will experience changes just by doing that by kind of not multitasking and just noticing what's going on around them in the moment. Yeah. Some powerful shifts come in people's way, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, it really actually made a huge difference in my life as one who is an overthinker, which is <laughs> actually something. If you'd like ask the definition of an overthinker, there are articles about it. There is a whole world out there about it. Yeah. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. Because we can spend so much time in kind of the past and the future and just kind of all these different options. Mm. And none of that's in the present. (laughs) None of of that is actually happening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love love that. So if we go back to kind of an earlier version of Amanda starting her business, what would be kind of the advice that you would share with her around what is really important and how she spent her time and her energy? I love that question. So, okay, the first thing that comes up for me, and it almost, I think, answers both in one, but let's give it a go. So okay. my advice would be to, to don't, well, let me, I might answer, maybe I'll answer the second question at half first. <laughs> what, don't, wait, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time doing things that everyone else says you should do, right? So I would encourage her and I would say, trust yourself to know what is best for you and your business. And I totally appreciate that that is not necessarily easy. Uh, and I don't even know if I would have listened to myself. <laughs> I'd like to think I would. But because it's like, but wait, all these other people say to do what they do. And, you know, they're successful. And, you know, but once I'm, you know, fully successful by like everyone's standards, not just my own, I will probably listen to myself as well. But yes, I would say, you know, don't waste so much time because I do feel like I mean, I certainly did it. I think I shortened that a bit, but I do see a lot of other people, at least what I assume as wasting their time trying to do what other people say is best. And so I think it would be the the the, the more positive advice would be get really get in, spend some time getting in touch with what excites you, what lights you up. Um, and do that. However you do that, if that's through energy work, if that's through taking, you know, yoga, if that is through working with a mentor, whatever it is, get clear on, you know, what excites you and then do just, just do those things. You know, don't waste your time doing all the other things that feel heavy or feel constrictive or feel like, do I have to do that? Which might mean doing things that everyone else says you're supposed to do. 
Right. And so it's it's trusting yourself more than the others. And that doesn't mean to disregard everything people say, because there's a reason people say it. There's a reason it works for some people, but it doesn't mean it will. It doesn't mean that just because it works for them, it will work for you. So that would be my advice. That's so true. That's so true. So what's the mantras that you live by? All we have is now. Mm. Most amazingly helpful resource that you've stumbled upon? <sighs> From business or just in for life? Both. Mm. For business, Michael Hyatt is like chock full of really, really helpful things. And he has a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) A bit overwhelming, actually. But when I was first, first, first starting out, like even dipping my toe in the idea of building a business, I I stumbled upon him. Like right out of the bat, I I learned tremendously useful things from him. Very masculine, though, right? Very masculine approach. And it probably would not serve me as well now as did at the beginning. But really, really helpful. Use resource from a for my life, Byron Katie and her work was a tremendously useful resource for me as I was starting to play with some of these new concepts. I think you've sort of sort of answered this, but just in case you want to expand on that, who are your teachers, guides, and kind of soulful inquirers that you kind of look to and learn from? Mm-hmm. Well, I have currently my mentor, Janine Yoder who has been guiding me in the mastermind and developing a sisterhood for me. I have other, you know, I've had another coach and and other teachers specifically in my life who like Michelle James was my creative emergence coach. So people I've personally worked with one-on-one and then I have the others who I admire and look to their content as inspiration and, you know, timeless reminders, Marie Forleo. I love Eckhart Tolle, as I mentioned, Michael Singer, a lot of his work, Gay Hendricks. I mentioned Byron Katie already. And then uh, and Wayne Dyer more recently actually but I've been coming into his more of his work as well and then yeah just the I mean I then all of my sisters in my sisterhood they're all teachers and you know soulful inquirers that just continue to teach me and guide me and inspire me in what I'm here to do beautiful so what's going on in your life that you're most excited about right now well I'm I'm currently hosting my first holiday challenge which is super exciting for me and getting ready actually then to launch three month signature virtual training and coaching program being good with being you in january beautiful yeah exciting times very exciting so now that everyone's had a chance to kind of get to know you and to fall in love with you Mm -hmm. how can they say hi and keep in touch yeah well i invite you over to my website amandajohnson.tv and then they can like link to everything else from there perfect and i'll make sure all those links are in the show notes so be sure to stop by and check amanda out and say hello yes i'd love that amanda thank you so much for your time today and for all the wisdom that you shared with us i really appreciate it and thank you so much oh you're so welcome that's my my sincere privilege thanks for listening gorgeous love what you heard leave a review on itunes because that helps people find the show then get your sweet self over to heart soul and guts.com and join the convo and by the way thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done <laughs>